Good morning and welcome. You've got Dustin Howitt, Sarah Myers, A1 Custom Car Care. Hopefully this rings a bell with a lot of people. It's a hot item. Sarah, we've been talking about used car stuff for a few different shows, right? Yep, and this one's going to be a little personal this time because it regards my little red Chevy Cruze. I know it. Oh, it makes me so sad. Well... Uh, I came in, oh, what day was that? A couple couple weeks ago, yep. and I had a couple routine maintenance things done, and you guys have been kind of warning me for uh, probably about a year or so that my car is slowly starting to go out, and you guys have been plugging holes and fixing yeah. it, making, uh, making sure that it has the longest life that mm-hmm. it possibly can, but when I went in there the last time, everybody including you, yeah. said, hey, you should probably think about getting a new vehicle here soon. So if I could, Sarah, I'd like to preface this a little bit. You know, we talk a lot about um, engineered design problems on the show, and hopefully, you know, that rings a bell and makes sense. Um, And I'm not pooping on all the Chevy Cruises out there, but most of them, and the Chevy Spark, Chevy Sonic, some of the smaller SUVs, the Buick platforms, they have a 1.4 liter turbo, which is what is in your car. Mm Mm-hmm. Great engine as far as gas mileage, performance, fun to drive, pretty responsive. However, the the upkeep on those engines is really high. They are forced induction turbocharged. Am I am I making any sense over here? I mean, I understand okay. it, but I've heard this before. I guess so. I probably have said this <laughs> once, if not a hundred times. They create a lot of crankcase pressure problems and they start pushing seals out and leaks and turbo failures and consuming oil and so we have a great ability to do a lot about that but there's a cost that goes along with it and that's kind of where we're at with your cruise I can fix it for sure and I have some updated stuff that can be done to prevent or prolong some of these things from happening over and over again But inherently, when they assembled or designed that engine, they didn't and weren't able to test it long term. And that's where we're at now. We're at long term and finding the weak points. So in your case, um, you've got a great little car. You've taken great care of it. It's in fantastic shape inside and out. But we have a significant amount of oil and potentially coolant leaks. You're not at that point now, but you will be. And we know this over the time that we care for a lot of these cars that we need to have that decision. Either your choice is we do a significant investment in the car that you own, which a lot of people do, or maybe if you're thinking that this car is not going to fit your exact lifestyle coming up, your car still has value, still a decent little good car, needs a little love, but that's fine. But if you're thinking at any point in time that maybe you need to shift to something more capable to fit your life, that's where we're having this discussion. And and I wanted to share that with folks out there. You and I have had this discussion many times at this point. Right. Um, but is you think that's a good approach? You think we handle ourselves well when we do that? Yeah. And, you know, I actually wrote a pros and cons list oh, of my dude. vehicle and just kind of the like the awesome. feelings that I'm feeling about I my love car. That. Lay it so, on us. The pros of my car going out. Well, no, no, no. I'll start this with cons instead. Okay. So the cons of my car is I don't have it paid off yet. Right. So I haven't been able to enjoy that feeling mm-hmm. of freedom yep. where I can just get in my car and know that I don't have a car payment. Yeah. Another thing with my car is 
I really, truly love my vehicle. Yeah. You know, some people, they buy a vehicle, you know, six months down the road. They hate it. Mm-hmm. That's never been the case with me. It was what I wanted, the color I wanted, oh, the yeah. size I wanted. It's all of those. Yeah. yeah. And it was it was a really good fit for me. Another thing about my car is it doesn't have a lot of technology in it. Okay. I know that a lot of people really like the new and improved dashboards and the fancy radios yep. and things like that. For me... A vehicle has one purpose, and it's to get me to point A to point B. Okay. And I don't feel like I need all of that technology. I see it as something that can possibly break and be more expensive in the future. You have a good point there. So I don't really like all of that. Plus, I find it really distracting. Mm -hmm. So I like that about my vehicle. It doesn't have all the fancy bells and whistles in it. Um, So, yeah, those are my cons. But the pros of my vehicle was I knew that this was coming. We've okay. had these we have. conversations and you guys have prepped me and we've talked about this is what we can do versus if you get rid of it or you know this is the cost and this is what we can do to kind of prolong this from happening. We've done all of that. Yep. So this wasn't a slap in the face to me. Yeah. And that can be really difficult for some people if you go into a shop and they don't do maintenance yeah. on a vehicle. And next thing you know, they're telling you, hey, you have to get your vehicle fixed. It's going to be two grand. Yeah. So I'm very thankful for the maintenance that we've done mm-hmm. and the conversations that we've had leading up to this. And hopefully it, it keeps you informed. It makes you yeah. a part of what's going on versus you being outside and feeling and I don't want to use the word helpless, but, you know, you're at the mercy of the shop and, you know, you didn't expect all this and your budget and all that stuff. So, you know, if you can understand your car the way we understand it, we've done our job. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so that's huge. As well as like silver lining, I realize, you know, you talk about it not being paid off and you still owe on it. The equity that's in that car at this moment is very good. I mean, that car has a lot of value and can be put back together. Um, to where it'll be a good car for a long time, but there's going to be an investment there that has to happen. Right. So if that car fits your needs for, say, the next five years, the investment maybe would be worth it. But you now have all the information that we have on it, all of our experience, all the other case studies, if you will, or cars that we work on in the same boat. We see that what I consider a pattern failure. And you can make the best decision. We've fixed a lot of those cars over the years, and people have kept driving them. And then we've seen people say, okay, we're going to go to something different because I need more passenger occupancy. I need to tall or haul uh, more. I need four-wheel drive. I need et cetera. And you and I have had those conversations that maybe that's on the horizon for you at some point. Yep. That was my second thing on my pros list. Awesome. Was I need to update for something that's going to fit me a little bit better. I've mentioned that we have moved out to the country. And one of the things that really kind of makes me nervous is the time that I go to work, which is, you know, butt crack of dawn. (laughs) And so it makes me nervous in the winter with ice and snow, or if there's flooding in the springtime and I have to make those extra miles around to find a road that's not flooded. So I definitely need something that's going to have four-wheel drive and of course my car right now doesn't have that and then finally i have you to help me pick out the best vehicle and the reason i say that is because when i purchased my little chevy cruise i had just started at the radio station so i didn't have that relationship that i have with you and with a1 custom car care at that time so i just kind of purchased a vehicle 
Well, in your life back then, you were an urban college student, essentially, and your cruise was perfect for that. You don't have to feed it a lot of fuel. It runs and goes and does what it's supposed to in the city really well. It's fun to drive. I would assume you enjoy driving it. Is that fair? Mm -hmm. They're pretty uh, responsive. The turbocharger, that turbocharger is about the size of a half dollar, by the way. It's very little. It's almost cute, if you will, (laughs) when you take them out and and service them or do any service work on it. I was surprised, but they do that to keep the responsive. If you have a big turbo wheel, and I'm, I'm nerding out a little bit, so bear with me, Sarah. If you have a big turbo wheel, they have what's called turbo lag, and that's when you hit the gas and it's like, just kind of creeps off the line and then all of a sudden sets you back in your seat your car doesn't have that it's it's pretty much right there getting and going all the time so they did a good job with many things on that car and as that engine platform evolves you know they figure "Uh, this didn't work so well so let's do it differently down the road in another four or five years barring it doesn't meet a mission standard that's going to be a good engine platform so i'm not totally hating on it by any means But your life has changed now. You're no longer an urban college student. So some more capabilities is kind of exciting, honestly. And there's a lot of great cars out there. But as we've talked many times, you've got to be more particular now than you were in the past because it's such a tight market. You know, that's a big deal. So I met with a gentleman this morning who is very in touch with a lot of the dealerships. It's really cool to have a lot of connections throughout the automotive industry. We're not a dealership, obviously. But they had 11 cars show up on the transport. Ten of them were sold, and they had a list of people that they started with and just started, do you want it, do you want it? And they just went down the list. Wow. And the, the, by the time you get to two or three, that 11th car was sold. Wow, that's crazy. It's in demand. And they're selling them for full sticker, if not over sticker. So buying a used car, you need to do your due diligence. And that's what we're talking about today. That's good. Because that is exactly what I want. (laughs) Yeah. We got to make sure you guys are in good shape. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on, you know, this process? Are you excited? Are you nervous? Are you kind of like indifferent? Um, Yeah. It's a little bit of um, happiness, sadness. I love my car, but I am excited to get something that's going to be more fitting for my new lifestyle. Well, and you did a great job and bought it at a good time. And, you know, they talk about making money when you buy something. Mm -hmm. You thankfully bought it at a good time, so you got a good deal. You gave a good price for the car. And because the market is inflated so much in the meantime, if you don't get all your money, if not a little bit more, after you've driven it for, what, you know, three or five years? How long has it been? I think it's been almost five years. Almost five years. So if you can get all your investment or maybe even a little more out of it, how good is that deal? I'm pretty excited about that. So we are going to step into a break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the uh, nuts and bolts of buying a newer, new-to-you car. All right, welcome back. Uh, We've got Sarah Myers, Dustin Atwood, A1 Custom Car Care. Hopefully talking about some things. The used car market is super hot. Um, And maybe you're in the market because you choose to, or maybe you're in the market because you have to. Something happened. 
Um, we're talking about Sarah. She's kind of thinking about maybe what's going on. What's some more things on your list of what you're looking for? So I have a very short list. Okay. And actually, Nick Reed made fun of my uh. list. <laughs> but it's important to me. Yeah. And if I'm going to pay the money for this vehicle, which I am, yep. then I should get the things that are on my yeah. list. Okay, so number one. Has to have something with four-wheel drive. Okay. That is super important. That cannot be removed from the list. Absolutely. Number two, gets good gas mileage because I now drive like 30 minutes one way into Springfield. Yep. So I don't want some gas-guzzling vehicle that I'm going to have to fill up on my way to Springfield and then on the way back. Yeah. I really want something that's going to have good fuel mileage. Um, number three, I want to keep it around fifteen to 20000 in okay. price. And I know that's going to be somewhat difficult with um, how crazy our market is right now. Yep. But that is kind of my dream area. Sure. And number four, which is the one that Nick made fun of, I really want a red vehicle. You like a red vehicle. I love, well, I let me tell you, I had a car accident, I don't know. I remember. Five or six years ago. And what color was your, it was a Dodge Dart? Yeah, right? and it was like a light charcoal gray. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I had the car accident is because they couldn't see me. Because wow. it was really bright and sunny. Mm-hmm. And um, my car just blended into the road. And all of a sudden, bam. Yeah. And so I would really like something that's very standout-ish, yeah. if you will. Do car dealerships, mm-hmm. do they upsell vehicles of different colors? Oh, yeah. Really? Yep. So, you know, there's certain cars that just really look good black. Mm-hmm. And then there's other cars that they intentionally, you know, order a certain color in there. And you'll notice a move more often. Like white cars, a lot of times there will be far and few. Other than municipalities, a lot of cities and whatnot have, you know, flat white cars. But, yeah, there'll be a premium over a color change of, of some kind of same car, same trim package color change will cost you a little bit. I noticed that because I had started kind of going through car dealerships mm-hmm. and kind of browsing what they had in their pre-owned yeah. inventory. And I noticed that there was a couple of vehicles that were the same make and model, even around uh, the same year as yep. well. And there was a significant markup on it. And I was like, well, the mileage is about the same. The year is about the same. What is different? Yeah. And I guess it was the color of it. It really truly is. A lot of times when people buy cars, it's an emotional decision. They're like, oh, man, I am buying this car because of whatever. Um, I like the wheels. I like the color. I like the stereo, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so dealerships know that. There's a lot of psychology training and all kinds of stuff that goes into a lot of that. And, you know, there are certain people, I'm a black kind of car truck person. I really like black vehicles. However, I've owned some white and gray and everything else under the sun over the years. Um, But yeah, I'll pay a little bit more for a black vehicle than I would, you know, something that's maybe gray or white, etc. And it's that emotional kind of attachment that goes along with it. You know, they're a little bit of a reflection of who you are, if you will. You know, I can tell a lot about person by their vehicle. And it's not that I'm judging you if you come in. But I, I know that, you know, maybe you use this vehicle's more of a piece of equipment. You know, maybe you got a bunch of custom stuff on here. And this is this is a part or an extension of you. You, you take a lot of pride in your car. Or maybe this is just a grocery getter and this is utilitarian. I need to get it to the doctor, to church. And to the, you know, to the store and get groceries. And that's what I use my vehicle for. There's not a lot of frills on there. And so all of that is kind of a reflection of who we are. 
me, I want something four-wheel drive. I want something three-quarter ton or bigger, and I'm going to pay a little bit for fuel on my stuff. Um, I'm big into the diesel side of the world because I'm doing a lot of towing. That's a reflection of me, you know, and, and everybody else out there is the same way. So how has been how's your car search been so far? Are you noticing uh, that it's a you know, a very hot market at the moment? Yeah, I noticed that there was not very many vehicles that they had listed on their website. I'm also one of those people, though, I don't like viewing things online. I like to see them in person. I like to be able to look inside of them. And if I want to test drive it, I want to have that ability to do so. So I don't necessarily take everything that's on social media or their websites uh, full-heartedly because I know that there might be new vehicles that they're getting in that they haven't taken photos of or so on so forth but yeah i looked at two or three different dealers and they only had maybe nine or ten cars he uh the gentleman it was a bigger dealership like i said you know they received 11 cars 10 were sold the other one was probably sold before it got off the transport i think he said just cars on the lot they had normally was over 150 and this is a new car dealership he said they had 13 cars on the lot and so when we're trying to share this with you, Sarah and I, um, we want you to be a astute, informed purchaser. You know, I want Sarah to get the very best long-term deal and vehicle that she can get. And I don't want her to have to, you know, settle for something, you know, that nobody likes that. Nobody wants to be like, yeah, it's good enough. They want to, you know, Hey, I got a good deal and this vehicle of whatever sort fits me. This is yeah, this is what I do. And when you need it, that it performs well. You know, if it's snowing outside and you need to get here because, you know, we're going to go to dead air and somebody didn't know to hit the red button, you know, that four-wheel drive is going to make sure you get here and we're still on air. So uh, that's a big, big deal. As well as there's something I'm going to share. And I don't know how much. So we got a little bit of time. So if you look on the Internet right now, Different parts of the country, there's a ton of vehicles that were built and assembled, and they can't get the chips and mainly the semiconductors, which is a little capacitor kind of thing that stores and builds electricity. They can't get those still. They're having a problem, but they are coming in. So they've went ahead and manufactured a ton of these vehicles, and they're sitting. So I believe in my forecasting the future, my future telling, uh, fortune telling, if you will, is that those vehicles are going to be a year or two old. Then they're going to get the parts, and then they're going to flood them out. And they're going to be a surplus here in the next six months to a year, year and a half tops, barring the world falls apart. Um, But there's going to be a ton of new vehicles that are one or two years old that you may get a great buy on one because now they've gotten all the parts, those vehicles are coming out, and... You can buy a year or two old vehicle that's still brand new. New old stock is is essentially the term. But that would be a sweet deal if you can get a brand new vehicle in your price range under warranty and, you know, get whatever you want instead of having to pay over sticker like they're doing now. You may get it for way under sticker. What do you feel about that? I am okay with that. I thought you might. Now, what about those vehicles that have been setting Mm -hmm. is that necessarily good on them so the longer they sit the worse that it is but when you've got something brand new like that if it sits around for even a year or two i'm not super concerned about it 
as it ages, if you've got a vehicle that's 10 or 15 years old and you put, put it out to pasture, you know, it's, it's needs something or I got a new vehicle and we're just going to let it sit. That's pretty hard on them. Okay. So in the beginning, I wouldn't bat an eye about that, but long-term definitely something you want to at least start them, drive them every week or two, kind of keep everything moving and, and, and not allow it to start to, you know, settle in place, if you will. So that's a big deal. So that's coming for everybody out there, whether you're in the truck market, car market, etc. Um, we had some friends and, and uh, family that went to uh, Bowling Green, Kentucky. Um, they went and looked at the Corvette Museum, which I didn't know was out there and was as cool as it was. But when they came back, they had a photo of all these Corvettes that were out there and they're assembled and they're waiting on the drivetrain. They don't have engines or transmissions in them because they can't get the parts to build them. They're all sold. All these hundreds and hundreds of Corvettes are sold and they can't get them to the customers in order to get them, you know, into circulation and sold uh, or take their money um, because they, they don't have those chips and semiconductors. That is just so crazy. It is crazy. It was interesting to see the photos of it out there. I was like, oh, look at all those Corvettes. I mean, there's a bunch. Yep, they're all sold, but they can't release them out there because they're not complete. That would also be frustrating as a buyer, yeah, too, just absolutely. having to set around knowing that your car is almost there, but you just can't have it yet. Yeah, that's got to be torture for them. So. We need to step into a break. We got a minute. What's yep, going on? Let's take a okay, break. Okay, we're at the bottom of the hour. We're going to go into uh, some online buying options after we come back. All right, welcome back. Of course, we've got Sarah and Dustin here talking about the used car market and how crazy hot it is. Um, so I had a friend, Sarah, that uh, got in a spot. She had a real nice, it was a pretty new Dodge product, and everybody knows how I feel about Dodge. If you've got a Dodge, I'm not a hater. I can fix it, but they're a little different animal. Fair enough. And did some repairs, got to the point where she had a catastrophic issue and needed to get rid of the car. Went to dealerships locally. Obviously, we all know about the inventory. And she sought online at Carvana. Sarah, have you looked on Carvana? You know, I see the commercials for it, and now they have a competitor. Oh, they and do? I, Is yeah, another one? I, I think it's called Vroom or Zroom um, or something like that. I figure. I'm not Makes sure. Sense. I see the commercials every once in a while. Okay. But I've always been kind of curious how those work and how people feel about them. Because, like I had mentioned in the last segment, I'm one of those people where I like to go to the dealer. Yes. And... Like, get in the car, test drive it, see if I like it, you know, give it a thought. But with those types of websites, you pick out your car online and then they ship it to you. Yep. And apparently you get, like, I don't know, five or six days. I think it's seven days is, is what it? I saw okay. on their website. Yeah, and then you get to test drive it, see if you like it. And if not, you can return it. So that's kind of a big deal. The closest, they call it a vending machine, which I think is hilarious. And I think even their marketing, you know, they show it as like a vending machine mm -hmm. with cars. The closest one we have is in St. Louis that I could see. That's the only one in Missouri. They will ship. Um, they don't ship everywhere. I looked at the reviews and there were some negative reviews about that. You know, in their marketing, they talk about shipping, shipping, shipping. And then certain p folks that live wherever they weren't willing to ship to. So you need to keep that in mind. They did a really good job. They do a 360 view, and if there's a dent or a scratch, they put this little, like, orange icon, and you can click on it, and it's an in-depth photo. 
But you really can't get a feel for it, which is kind of what you're talking about. You're basically just buying off of, you know, what you think is going to work. But if you can't test drive it and you can't get in it and, you know, see how it works, operates, it's a little bit of a gamble. And I'm okay gambling on a lot of things if I'm getting a good deal or there's some margin or benefit, if you will. And right now their prices were off the charts. And their inventory was decent unless you got into trucks. Their truck inventory was pretty light. They really specialized, I think, in a lot of small SUVs and commuter cars kind of stuff. Um, They have a lot of good reviews out there, but they've got a lot of reviews that talk about not meeting um, the shipping deadlines or receiving their car on time. And then if there was an issue with the car having a good resolution, they offer a a warranty of some kind. Um, I'm not a big fan of warranties. I like factory warranties from dealers, but the aftermarket warranty companies, in my opinion, in my experience, it's even more than my opinion, in my experience, has been very poor. The warranty companies are typically thousands of dollars to buy the warranty, and you're buying it for the peace of mind that you get that, hey, I'm making this big investment. If something happens, they're going to pay the bill. Well, what they do, in my experience, is they try and cut as many corners because their profit margin is being able to pay less repair bills than you paid for whatever the cost of the warranty company is and that's their motivation and people miss that and they don't experience it until they get into the situation that they need the warranty and then there's all these loopholes that things that they don't pay for or subpar repairs that they want done in order to keep the cost down So I know I went way out on a soapbox there, but it is a real thing, and I deal with that all the time. Have you ever bought an extended warranty with any vehicle you've done, Sarah? I have not. I'm so proud of you. But I did buy gap insurance, and boy, let me tell you, that stuff is fantastic. Wow, okay. Tell me about that. I I have a basic understanding of it, but I'm assuming it benefited you um, in your accident situation. Yeah, so basically what gap insurance is, is it it covers the in-between area, the gap, if you mm-hmm. will, of what you have to pay on your vehicle versus, you know, what you owe and all of that. And it yeah. takes care of it. So essentially you're not out of pocket for thousands of dollars. Yeah. And that was so nice. I think my gap insurance covered like three grand when I had my accident. And that was great because there I was with a vehicle that had just been totaled. I had just purchased it and I was out a vehicle. And on top of that, I didn't really have three grand laying around. So I don't know who does. I mean, I'm sure some people do. It really helped me. So whenever I purchased my new vehicle that I'm currently in, that was the first thing I said. I want gap insurance. And it's pretty reasonable, right? The gap insurance was not a big dollar amount, if I remember right. it, It really wasn't. I can't remember off the top of my head what it was, but it it wasn't that much more expensive yeah. to add. So the reason that I'm so like up in arms about these warranty companies is some of these warranty deals are three thousand, some of them are fifteen hundred, some of them are five. I've seen up to five grand. And then you they roll that into your loan and then not only are you paying interest on the vehicle, you're paying interest on that warranty, that extended warranty, which is fake in my opinion it's a bunch of bs and occasionally they will pay out on something but they want to do it with the cheapest 
most low-grade part possible. They won't pay for fluids. They won't pay for checkout, diagnostic, and testing time. Typically, they won't even pay for taxes. It's amazing how unbelievable they want you to try and repair these cars. And they're not technicians, by the way. They're not mechanics or you know automotive people. They're not making decisions of what's best to take care of this vehicle. They're making decisions on how they keep as much of your money as possible and not pay it out to the automotive repair shops. It's unbelievable. I see them on the TV all the time. And every time anybody goes to buy one of these, that's where they're making up some of their margin. Maybe they don't make much money on the, the vehicle sale or whatever it is, but they make a very healthy profit on the extended warranty because they're preying on your um, you know, insecurity of what happens if I have a large repair bill come up. And that's what they're taking advantage of, which is a bunch of crap. I mean, I cannot tell you, and we deal with extended warranties. We try and get as much as possible out of them. But inevitably, the customer gets saddled with an unexpected bill that when they purchased the extended warranty, it was not what it was sold as until you go to use it. And then you get slapped in the face. It just is atrocious. I will try and let my blood pressure come back down. And So I what I'm hearing is... Is you love warranties, huh? No. <laughs> I love warranties that take care of business. You know, when we, because we have a warranty, so let me just, you know, you put me on the spot there, Sarah. Let me just belly up to the bar. Um, you know, we have a three-year, 36,000-mile warranty on most of our repairs. And I take a ton of pride that things do happen, things break. That when something breaks, that I don't fall into that same trap. I don't make those decisions of, oh, you know, there's this gray area or this loophole, or maybe I could get us out of that. No, if it's broke, we're going to take care of it and move on. Because I am so adamant about those extended warranties not doing that. It's unbelievable. I don't know. I'm just, I'm fired up. You got me fired up over here. I'm sorry. Hey, no, you know what? Speaking do. of warranties that has nothing to do with vehicles, yeah. um, we had purchased some furniture ah, not too long ago, yeah, and they yeah. had asked if we wanted some warranties on it, and it was supposed to cover things like wear and tear, or if you got like, um, like nicks in your furniture, uh-huh. things like that. And being me and knowing how you feel about warranties, I sat and I read through the fine print. Holy cow. What did, did you learn? Tell well, me. I learned that it would cover stains, but not stains that were made by you on accident. Yep. So I'm like, what the hell does that even mean? Yeah. Like, okay, isn't that what a stain is? <laughs> An act of God came in and stained your chair. Another thing was like the wear and tear, but it didn't cover wear and tear from pets. So if you have a dog and, you know, maybe you have a puppy and it chews on the side, yeah. they're not going to cover that. That's the loopholes that drive And me I'm crazy. like, well, what's the point of paying the extra money for this if you're not going to cover normal, average, yeah. everyday things that do happen? So I ended up not getting the extended warranty for my you. furniture. I'm so impressed that you read all that. I know. Look, I listen to you. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> and I know that everything that you talk about doesn't necessarily apply to the automotive yeah, industry. That, it's that, everyday life. It is. You're learning lessons here. That's right. Faux show. And I love that. I mean, that's such a big, empowering point. And unfortunately, the reason that I share a lot of these is because I have bought those extended warranties on furniture and stuff. And then when I need them, they're like, oh, that's not really covered. And I'm like, well, then give me my money back. And, you know, of course, that doesn't happen. It also, 
on the presentation side of it, I guarantee they didn't divulge that, oh, yeah, this is an extended warranty only if such and such happens. Yeah. Because they wouldn't sell any of them. It's a ripoff. And that's what we're about. We're not ripping them off. It's that's crazy. Right. Yeah. So we were talking about Carvana, and I guess there's some other ones out there. Um, pretty cool idea. Um, I know, you know, friends and family that have gone through this, I think it worked out pretty okay for them. I know they were frustrated. They missed some of the shipping dates. So they like bumped them back many times. Um, you can test drive it and return it. I think that's a little bit of a hassle. Some of the reviews on there I read, um, you know, were positive and some of them had some flack about them. You can look at our reviews. We respond to them as a company. Um, we try and keep it real. Not everybody is going to be a good fit for everybody else. So I hope you find a good fit in automotive repair. If we're it, thank you. I appreciate that. And if we're not, that's cool too. I hope you find somebody that is. But with the Carvana deal, it's pretty cool. Um, but I just don't think the follow through is there in my opinion, you know, there you're buying a vehicle sight unseen uh, other than photos. And I think it'll evolve at some point in time, but I still like the in-person part of it. Faux show. So Sarah and I are going to take one more break and then we're going to roll this up in a nice little bow right after this. We got serious off the air, and we're going to bring it on the air. Sarah, you had a good question. Yeah, so once I figure out the vehicle that I want, another reason why I don't feel good about purchasing a vehicle online, yeah. sight unseen, is because I want to have my vehicle inspected mm -hmm. before I make a big purchase. I don't want to purchase a $15,000 vehicle, yeah. and then... You get a lemon. Yeah, I don't want that. So I want to be able to bring my car over, have the guys over yeah. at A1 take a look at it, and tell me, yes, this is a good deal versus no, don't buy this vehicle. So we do this a lot, and I think one of your biggest concerns is how do you bring that up to a dealer? Yeah. It's kind of a little uncomfortable, right? It's Well, it's kind of, I don't know how to say it. How do I say, hey, I'm interested in this vehicle. I need to take this to my shop, though, yeah. and make sure it's the right one. And what if they say no? Do I just walk away? Because I definitely want to have it inspected, and yeah. I want to have the green light from you guys. But at the same time, what if this is a really good vehicle that's in my price range? It's what I'm wanting. And then I ultimately walked away from a good deal. So it's kind of, and I don't want this to sound bad, but it's going to. Okay. It's kind of like a minefield, and there are a lot of used, especially in the used car market, even low miles used cars, that people got rid of them for a reason. So I want to make sure and put out there that there are a lot of good used cars out there. But when people follow the process where they get us involved, they bring us multiple cars, we'll usually say no to anywhere from three to seven cars. And some people get frustrated and they get off the, the path. And they just buy one, and then they're saddled with the consequences. And hopefully there's not a lot of them, but that's what happens. So when you're buying something used, even at low miles, program car, I've seen flood cars, I've seen rusted cars, I've seen wrecked cars that they tried to fix cosmetically and did a good job, but structurally was absolute disaster that people paid top dollar for. All those landmines are out there. And what A1's trying to do, what our guys are doing is looking kind of behind the scenes, if you will. And we have a process that we've worked out that this is how we do things. We don't have a magic ball. I can't 
look inside the engine or whatnot, but I can do a very good job assessing some of that. So with good dealers, to answer your question, if they are a good dealer, they want to know that they've got a bad car. And when you say, hey, we've got some folks that we have been using for years. I know you have a service center, and I appreciate that it's certified pre-owned. A lot of them do that. Um, I want I want them to give me a good, thorough check over as well because I want to make sure we get a good relationship here. And most dealerships, and I'm going to say most, I'm going to say 80% of dealerships out there are above bar, in my opinion. And they'll be like, yeah, definitely take it to your guy. Take it if you've got a lady technician. That's great. Take it to whoever you trust. Have them look it over. If you find anything, let me know. Totally cool. There are a fine amount or, you know, I'm going to say less than 20% that they'll be like, oh, we've already done all that. We've got our own in-house inspectors. It's passes inspection. That's a big red flag for me. If you're a dealership and you got your inspector's license, that's fine. But getting that second opinion look on it is absolutely invaluable. And so normally when you put it out there that you have somebody that does your service work, they're going to be supportive of it. So, you know, I ended up going with a new service truck here a few months ago, maybe six, eight months ago. I showed up in uniform. Selling a vehicle to an automotive technician is a very difficult thing, by the way. Specially used. It had about 150,000 miles on it. Um, when I came back to him, it was a great independent dealer here in Springfield. And I said, look, we got some things to talk about. I didn't just come in and beat his truck down. Um, I came in and said, hey, I know this is going on, this is going on, this is going on. I'm not really asking for anything, but I want to have a discussion about it. And immediately we were able to negotiate the cost of it to where that covered the cost of doing the repairs on it. And I wasn't out any extra unforeseen cost or money. So hopefully knowing that it's okay to tell them you're going to do that. And if they say no, realizing that that's a red flag that, hey, maybe these aren't the people that I need to be dealing with. That whole, does that put you at ease at all that that's a normal thing that happens? Yes, that does make me feel a little bit better because I was curious. How do you bring that up? Is that a normal thing? Yes. And I didn't know that when I was going through purchasing the vehicle that I have now. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. But now I've got that on my mind. and It just... makes such a difference. And, and so I talked about people that get off the program, if you will. Mm -hmm. You know, they'll bring us two or three or five cars and we say, nope, nope. Nope. And they get frustrated and they stop bringing the cars for a pre-purchase inspection is, is what we, we deem it. That's the verbiage. And there, if we're not the place, if you've got a shop or somebody you deal with, they have a pre-purchase inspection program, do it regardless of who's looking at it. But when people get off the program, we're still their service center. And then I get to, or Macy or Mike or David um, whoever, Amanda, Mallory, Gunner, those are all of our service advisors. They end up having conversations, hopefully not, but more often than not, that, hey, this car needs several thousand dollars worth of work. Do you want us to take care of it? And a lot of times the stumbling block is I just spent all my money on down payment. I had a significant sales tax outlay, sometimes thousands of dollars. My buddy bought a newer used Diesel pickup the other day, his sales tax was six grand. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. Not looking forward to that. No. So, a lot of times when you're buying a new vehicle, you have a very large outlay of cash. 
and you're not ready to have to do repairs that you didn't know existed. And then God forbid it break down and leave you stuck somewhere. You don't have any choice at that point. That's our whole discussion today is making sure you're informed, making sure you're as proactive as possible, and then using the experts, if you will, in those areas to avoid those landmines. Because I don't, I, you know, somebody come to me and said, hey, you need six grand right now. Yeah, maybe I could scrape it together, but I'm sure it's going to add a lot of stress. It's going to be very painful. It's not going to be fun. And I'm probably going to have to rob from Peter to pay Paul to make that stuff happen. Then I got to figure out how to pay them all back. I mean, nobody loves that. Nobody's on board for that. If I, I don't want you to have to go through that either. And I've written service for almost 20 years now. That's a long time done service work, been service advisor, automotive technician. I've seen it happen over and over and over and over, especially when the market's hot like it is now and the options are very low. People think, oh, I'm going to miss out on this deal, and they go ahead and buy it, and then they're saddled with all the consequences. Do you do you want a lemon vehicle? No, but you know what? That's another really great thing about maintenance on a vehicle Yeah, is that we have made sure that my vehicle – is going to keep lasting me. Yeah. We're right now, if we're talking like codes and levels, yeah. I'm at like a like a light yellow right. on codes. Like, That's a great point. My car is not going to blow up no. when I go out unless the mafia is after me. Yeah, hopefully not. <laughs> hopefully, not. hopefully not. But, you know, we're at that, we're at the very beginning stages of talking about this. Yeah. So what happens a lot is folks get backed into a corner because mm-hmm. they got to have a car. If I took your car away right now, we've talked, thankfully you're in a situation um, that you're a valuable member of this this radio station, the company. If you needed uh, some wheels for a little while, you've got some options. Not everybody has that options, and that would even get painful at some point in time. You're like, oh, I need my own car, and then you, you're forced into making a decision. Right now, you're able to make the decisions on your terms. You're not backed into a corner. Honestly, if you wanted me to keep that car going another couple of years, we can do that. But right now, the value's still good in the car. You've maintained it. So it, you're going to get pretty much all that money right back out of it. It was an investment, not an expense. And now you can be like, oh, I want to be picky. I want this. I want a red car. I want you know this package. I want four-wheel drive, which is great. That's, that's the negotiating table side you want to be on, not uh, what do you got? I need a car today. Right. Yeah, that's a bad... I've been there. I have driven some of the most jankety <laughs> vehicles. You, uh, I, I cannot express that. We should do a whole show. I had a Jeep one time years ago. Loved it, by the way. But it had manual wipers. Do you know what manual wipers no. are? It means the wipers broke, and I took it apart, and I put vice grips on the linkage. And when it snowed outside, back when it used to snow, I had to run the wipers by hand. Oh, gosh. And it was a manual transmission... Uh, so yeah, there was a lot going on shifting, mess. running the wipers. Yeah. I've had some jankety cars over the years. We should do a show on that. Oh That'd my be funny. gosh. I can tell you story after <laughs> story after story, which would be very entertaining. So if you guys have stories like that, we would love to hear about them, by the way. How yeah. do we do that? There's a couple different ways that you can get a hold of us. And of course, if you have questions or comments or whatever, if you just want to say, hey, I like the show today, nice. you can do that through our text line. Okay. It is 
four four seven five seven four three and you can also reach out to us on social media ksgf has a facebook it's 1041 ksgf you can shoot us a message and i see every single message that goes through there so it will get to me yes um and then of course we have twitter and instagram as well um i don't promote those as much as i should but we Mm -hmm. do have those as options nice so yeah so if you've got something going on that you've done a backyard hillbilly fix or whatever or you got something you're proud of and you want to talk about or questions thoughts Please share them with us. We'd love to hear them. Yeah. I know I like to hear those stories like, man, this one time I had bubble gum and some duct tape and we made it to Florida or whatever the case may be. I love those stories. <laughs> so definitely anything else you want to talk about? No, today? I feel like we are started on the right track of finding yeah. me the perfect pre-owned vehicle. I so love that, that. that gives me a little peace of mind for this weekend. So you guys are going to be along for the ride and we're going to kind of talk you all through what happens. Yep. All right. Well, I hope you have a good weekend. Yes. Everybody out there, be safe. Bye.